our friend Dan Schulman said, there was a whole lot of baseball going on in the 10th inning of this game. The Blue Jays, 3-2 winners over the Minnesota Twins, splitting the four-game series against the Twins. And after extra-inning heartbreak a couple of nights ago, and after seeing Tim Meza injured on Saturday to collision, and a collision at the play of the plate, Kevin home plate again very much where the action was this time. Whit Merrifield originally called out trying to uh, trying to score from third base in extra innings. The call overturned because Twins catcher Gary Sanchez who was often criticized for his defense, didn't give Whit Merrifield a clear path to home plate. Now that, at least, that's what the Jays challenged. So, therefore, for the play to be overturned, it would, it would appear as if, as if New York agreed with that. Yeah, again, it's look for me. It's a very confusing play. Like, like it, it seemed to me like Gary Sanchez looked like he was starting in the lane. If he hadn't have started in the lane and then had the ball take him into the lane, I think that's when he could have probably dropped his knee and and the the, the runner would have been called out. But because he started in the lane, I guess the people, the umpires in New York, <laughs> saw it in the way that that's the rule. You know, when you block the plate, you don't give the runner a chance to slide into home plate. The runner's going to be safe, and, you know, if you're a Twins fan, you hate that rule. If you're a Blue Jays fan, you, you'll take it. You know, you split the games, the four-game series. But, you know, it, it is one of those rules that I don't like. I don't like being the deciding factor. I think you let the, the players on the field do that. But it's a rule. Uh, I think you have, to li- you have to live by it whether you like it or not. And if you're a Blue Jays fan, like I said, you sort of like this rule today. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. The numbers to call 590-590 is the text line. Kevin, we have talked often about how base running is a lost art. In the, well, it's not a lost art. It's just atrocious in the major leagues. I mean, we see it on a day-to-day basis. We certainly saw it in extra innings today. First, Lourdes Goriel Jr. I have no idea what the hell he was doing going around third on that ground ball uh, off the bat of Danny Jansen. He's tagged out to end the inning. And then Max Kepler, the ghost runner, if you call it that, the automatic runner in the 10th inning, doesn't advance to third on a fly ball to center field. He would have made it easily. It, making matters worse, he, he, went, he went halfway without tagging up and, you know, ground ball out who knows what would have happened had he gone to third and the infield is in maybe maybe the nick gordon's grounder gets through he certainly got uh, good speed but man it was you know considering how the last two games have gone for the blue jays they certainly they certainly got the breaks in this game didn't they I, again, yeah, I, I'm not sure about the Max Kepler thing late in the game. You got the what are the the five hole hitter coming up. You're already in scoring position. Uh, you, you know, you you got a, a decent center fielder who gets behind the baseball ball, wasn't hit very hard, wasn't very deep. I mean, I guess if you take it there, you get thrown out. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. But you are down a run. You're still in scoring position. You still got probably a little bit of the meat of the order coming up to the Twinkies. 
Look, it's it's one of those plays, but Lord, it's like, you shouldn't have to have a third base coach all all the time giving you the stop sign. That did look like Louis Rivera was giving him the stop sign. He was sort of following him down the third base line there, and it was yelling and screaming at him not to go. But when you put your head down, you're, you don't have field awareness. Uh, the base running at uh, some of the times looks like you've never done it before, and that's one of those things is you have to take pride in all parts of your game. You can't, you know, have lapses when it comes to baseball IQ, and a lot of the times you see this at the big league level, which just make you walk away scratching your head because this is high school stuff. Like this is, you know, it's okay to go station to station. Like you, you, you take what the other team gives you, and if they don't give you, you know, more than one base, don't try and take the – take more than one base and it's just it's again it's not so much a physical thing as it is a mental thing like it's okay again I I mentioned this I've said this to you on our show a bazillion times it's okay to go station to station take what the other team gives you but a lot of the times they just don't think it through they don't think a a hitter ahead they don't see what's going on on the field in front of you and they a lot of the times run into outs. That's bases loaded with your cleanup hitter coming up. I know Bo is probably not a cleanup hitter, but Bo's had a decent uh, four games here. Give him a chance to get a big hit, put a little separation to make it easier on Jordan Romano, but we'll never know, right, because you're horrible base running. Uh, Jordan Romano did get the blow and save. He gets the win as well. He came on. Uh, and uh, the ninth inning, Kevin, we we – talked a lot about the Blue Jays bullpen and this was the first series where we saw Anthony Bass and Zach Pop and, and got a chance to see their impact in the bullpen. Of course, we mentioned Saturday, Tim Mays is gone uh, for a while at least with a separated right shoulder. What did you make of Jordan Romano today though? You know, we've talked about the the lack of swing and miss stuff in the back end of this bullpen and, and look, Jordan Romano the American League reliever of the month in July. The Blue Jays bullpen in July, if you look at the numbers, not bad. Although, you know, the eye test would tell you, as, as we talked about it, that the bullpen clearly, clearly doesn't have enough swing and miss stuff. What did you make of Jordan Romano in the ninth inning today? Uh, ninth inning was overthrowing. That's what it looks like. You know, you, when you overthrow, you lose mechanics. Ball goes where you don't want it to go. And that's sort of what you see a lot of the times. And that's why you see the up and down in the velocity is because he overthrows a ton. It's okay to overthrow if you have a good finish. You have, you know, good separation for out of the glove, getting the hand up where it needs to go. But he's a crossfire guy, right? Some of the times he just needs to get the front foot down the way it's supposed to get down, get to your finish and let your skills that you have because he's got a good arm. Like he he knows how to add and subtract. You know, he's for me, sometimes he falls too in love with the slider. And that's why you see a lot of times because he abuses it, he throws some down the middle, those cement mixers. And a lot of the times he can get away with that because he does have enough movement and enough velocity on his fastball. But the 10th inning was better. You know, it, that was – I was a little surprised that he ran out there the way he did and, and wanted to take the ball in the 10th inning because they have been real careful with him. But it's more about the number of pitches he's thrown than the batters he's faced. So I do like the way he went out and he attacked in the 10th inning. Uh, the the slider had more late break to it. Uh, the location of the fastball, his misses were better. When he's like that, he's a good closer. When he's like he is in the ninth inning – you know, if you're a Blue Jays fan, you're probably going to walk away, stick your head in the refrigerator, and not want to pay attention to the TV. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590-590 is the text line. Kevin Gossman uh, today was uh, awfully good. 84 pitches. You surprised they took him out when they did, Kevin? 
Nope. I thought he was. I thought he was really good. You know, you, when you got it lined up, they had it lined up the way they wanted. Pretty much, this is, I think, the we way you're going to see the it. Pockets, right? The three it, pockets. It is. It, it's it's bass, bass bottom of the order. Garcia is going to pitch the meat of the order, and then you bring in Romano because he likes pitching in the ninth inning. Uh, you, you know, uh, Gosman fastball arm side is very key to him. But what was better today was up, down, and and away. That those are huge pitches. When you can go arm side and locate and do it down and up and have your misses when it's away in off the plate, which that that's a good thing with with his misses. And the one adjustment he made, because you remember Minnesota last time they faced, if they saw it down, they let it go. If they saw it up, they mm-hmm. swung at it. Well, his tunneling today was better with the fastball, the split finger, and you saw more changeups. And the reason why you saw more changeups was exactly that reason: mm-hmm. is he wanted to throw more fastballs down. Down, but now by adding the changeup, that's the same tunnel, but it's a different mile per hour. So you're trying to get some weak contact, trying to get swing and misses. You're trying to give a team a different look. That's called a big league adjustment. And you look at the the he had the, what did he have? He had 13 at bats against left-handed hitters today. They were three for 13. He threw 10 strike ones against those 13 batters. That's really good. Two of those hits are against Luis Arias, which is maybe one of the better, if not the best. You know, pure hitter in the American League who can do things. You know, who can who has great plate coverage, use the entire field, who, who can hit velocity, who's going to give you a professional at bat every single time he walks to the plate. So he was really good against that. And the more times he threw his fastball, the velocity went up. That's exactly yeah. what you want to see from Kevin Gosman. He was really good. He set it up for the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, guys. On June fifth, when the Twins faced Kevin Gosman in Toronto, of course, and keep in mind that the Twins. Kevin Gossman's record coming into this game against Minnesota was 0-4 with an ERA of 740, so he has often not fooled them. But the last time, uh, Kevin, that we saw Gossman uh, against Minnesota June 5th, that was the, the, the pitch-tipping game or whatever it was. We noticed something right out of the gate. I was, and, and a lot of it seemed to happen when there was a runner at second base. So I was particularly interested in the third inning when Luis Arias gets on with the double and seeing how... You know, whether or not that had any impact against Max Kepler and Jorge Polanco, but it didn't. Uh, Kevin Gossman retiring Polanco on a fly ball and then getting Kepler to uh, ground out to the shortstop. You mentioned the changeup against Miranda. First uh, first bat of the fourth inning, he strikes out Miranda using the change. It, it really was a uh, it, it really was a good game, uh, a, a good game from Gossman. Absolutely. Well, let's let's not abuse the tip pitching thing. That that for me, a lot of the times, is an easy excuse to say why a guy was getting lit up. I, I like to say that that a team made an adjustment. You see the ball down, you let it go. You see the ball up, you swing at it. Like it's not a hard approach to walk up for nine guys to have the same exact approach. But you give Kevin Gosman and Alejandro Kirk a lot of credit. They tried to tunnel baseballs today, and arm side is a big deal for him. If he can go up arm side, his arm side, Kevin Gosman's arm side, which would be into a righty away to lefty. He can go away with that. He can go up with that. He can go down with that. Now, all of a sudden, that makes it a little easier for him to miss, and that gets them into swinging mode. Like, they can't go up now and, and you know, and, and not want to swing at pitches because now he's throwing a bunch of those arm side pitches for strikes, and now he can tunnel the secondary, the change up the split finger. He's a really good pitcher. Like that, I think we need to come to that realization that now, because he has enough confidence in his stuff and he's been in the league long enough, that he can make an adjustment from start to start. If you've made an adjustment on some pitch that he's throwing, 
he'll combat that and go away with that because now he has he he's throwing harder, he's locating it better, uh, he's tunneling more pitches better, he's making and turning himself into an all-around pitcher in the American League East and in in the American League. Kevin, this as I mentioned was the first series where we got to see this revamped Blue Jays bullpen with Zach Pop and uh, and 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 Anthony Bass to trade deadline acquisitions. What did you make of the impact that they had? Maybe not so much statistically the impact, but the impact in how John Schneider can and will use his bullpen. Well, I still wonder how you're going to use Zach Pop. I mean, how, how much really confidence do you have in him? You know, the, the, the jury's still on that. out on that. I know they have a lot of confidence in Anthony Bass. He's found something with the slider. Uh, you know, the, for me anyway, if he's going to throw the slider he's thrown the last couple out, he's got to be better. He can't throw the little cement mix or get me over middle of the plate. Uh, Big-time hitters are going to make him pay for that. But they seem to like that in the seventh inning. That'll take a little pressure off them. I always happen to use Adam Simber. Now you can, you know, specific parts of games you can bring Adam in and have that little element of surprise down and under thing with the elevated fastball so you can pick your spots when you use him and don't have to always use him by just adding the basses and I guess you could sprinkle in Pops and David Phelps and Jimmy Garcia. All of a sudden now, looks like he can, you know, the velocity's good. He's pitching ahead more. Uh, his slider and his curveball's been really good. He has a lot of confidence. I know he gave up a run today, but you can tell every part of his game now, and they've done a really good job of, of not abusing him also. So they have more weapons, I, I guess, is a long-winded answer to your question. And they can use the guys that they're not real sure about in situations that, you know, it's not going to cause them too much too much havoc, havoc now that they can have a seventh-inning guy. They have an eighth-inning guy. They have a ninth-inning guy. How many good teams, Jeff, don't have a seventh-inning guy, an eighth-inning guy, and a ninth-inning guy? And I think mm-hmm. now if you ask John Snyder, he sort of feels like he's got all three of those. Now, Adam Simber got uh... – one in the third innings in, in this four-game series. He was used two times. I would be willing to bet that since he's been with this team, that's probably the least used he's been over a four-game series yep. uh, against the same team. 3-2, the Toronto Blue Jays beating the Minnesota Twins in extra innings. They split the four-game series with the Twinkies. They're off to Baltimore to take on the resurgent Orioles. Jennifer in Toronto, you're on Blue Jays Talk. Hello, Jennifer. Um, two things. Uh, the bats today put us kind of in this position. It, it shouldn't have been that close. We didn't face any of the hot arms, you know, from the twins and that. But that play at home, it was a very exciting series for the most part. Um, but um, I thought he was clearly um, safe. They they showed on Sportsnet earlier the Pirates, what was it, Baltimore game. And I think it was Sharino basically sitting on home plate, giving no lane. And I thought that Sanchez did the same thing without sitting, but he blocked it before he received the ball. And Whitfield had nowhere to go. So um, I, I thought it was a pretty clear call. And I don't know how New York could overturn it after the same thing happened an hour previous. But uh, I wish the bats would give us a little bit breathing room. I think that's my main point. Well, Thank thanks you. for the call. Thanks, Jennifer. I'll, I mean, I'll say this, Kevin. You know, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. has got a, what, he's got a 20-game streak of reaching base. Vladdy's got an 18-game hit, game hit streak, and everything he hits now seems to be hard. Bo looks, you know, we talked about this since the move in the number five spot. He looks different. Now, whether that's 
more comfortable. I don't know what it is, but you you get the sense that something's going to happen when he comes to the plate now. So, you know, yeah, they've got some guys who are scuffling. Look, Alejandro Kirk uh, broke out of bro- broke out of you know his first slump of the year. Santiago Espinal has come back down to earth. I don't think that should necessarily uh, that should necessarily surprise anybody. And Matt Chapman is what he is. I mean, this is this is Matt Chapman. You're going to get a home run out of him in the series. You're going to get an 0 for four with four Ks the next night. That's that's just the way it is. Yeah, well, for me, the one name that you mentioned there is Bo. You know, the first inning you saw the effortless, under-control swing uh, that he swung at a hitter's strike, and he finished with a smile. Like, that that's the Bo mm-hmm. that we all love, and we want to see Bo all the time. And if he's hitting cleanup for this team because of who's hitting in front of him, he's going to have to be that Bo in the first inning. And then he rolls around, you see the Bo in the sixth inning, who yeah. – took three swings, and all three of them weren't, weren't even close to the strike zone. That's the bow that we see more times than we see the bow in the first inning. Yep. So how do you start to get more of the bow in the first inning? I'm just not real sure you're going to see that bow. Like, I mean, I, I, bow, is, bow is a guy that can't wait to go to the plate and swing the bat. Like, he, he would rather swing at a ball that's not a strike than go up and take pitches and work a count and go three and two and see seven or eight pitches in a bat. Like, that's not the bow. So I – for them to go, you know, a little bit further, I think Bo has to be more of that guy in the first and then the sixth inning. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590, 590-590 is a text line. 3-2, the Jays beating the Minnesota Twins, splitting the four-game series. It's off to Baltimore, and we're off for a break. We'll come back with more. This is Blue Jays Talk on Sportsnet 590, the fan and the Sportsnet Radio Network. A reminder that we'll be going to Sunday Night Baseball at 6.30 Eastern Time or in about 10 minutes from now. And now the Bet365 standings update. Just download the app and see for yourself why Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book. 19 plus play responsibly, Ontario only. Three games involving American League East teams, including the Blue Jays, are in the bag. The... Uh, Tampa Bay Rays beat the Detroit Tigers 7-0. Pittsburgh beat Baltimore 8-1. The Yankees are currently the Yankees are currently in the middle of 8. They've got a wild one going against the St. Louis Cardinals. It is now 8 to no, it's now 9-8 for St. Louis as uh we are in the uh middle part of the 8th inning and uh Frankie Montas making his debut for the Yankees, it did not go well. Kansas City hammering Boston 13-5. We'll talk about that game tomorrow on uh, Blue Jays talking when we take a look around around the division because uh, a lot of bad stuff happened to the Red Sox in that game. Jaron Duran got into it with fans in the stands after a couple of miscues. Um, if you were on social media at all. Uh, Red Sox Twitter is just a flame, so we'll uh, we'll get into that a little more tomorrow. But as I mentioned, the Bet Three Six Five standings update: the Yankees currently seventy and thirty-eight. They are four and six in their last ten, though. The Blue Jays sixty and forty-eight. They are ten back, two and a half up on the wild card. Tampa Bay's fifty-eight and fifty. They're a half game up on the wild card. The Baltimore Orioles seven and three in their last ten. They lost at eight of their fifty-six and fifty-two in the Red Sox, as we mentioned. They are 54 and 56 after that 
loss today. And Kevin, I just mentioned a little bit about Frankie Montas, just a couple of innings for him today. And of course, he was the big trade deadline acquisition for the Yankees. And the Yankees, there's uh, starting to show a little bit of fraying around the edges right now. Clay Holmes isn't the Clay Holmes that we'd seen earlier in the year. Um, it's, I mean, they've still got that lead. It's still a comfortable lead, but uh, it may not entirely be clean, clear sailing for them the rest of the way. Well, Frankie Montas looked to me like he's trying too hard. You go, you come to the New York Yankees who are expected to roll to the through the playoffs and win the World Series, and you're expected to be a big part of that. Every pitch means a little bit more than when you were throwing in Oakland. So that what that's what that looked like to me. But again, did we really expect the Yankees to be? you know, winning every single game, every series all year. No, there's ups and downs in every with every team. And right now the Yankees are trying to get it exactly where they want to get it to and keep everybody healthy. And I'm sure when everybody gets back and, you know, Garrett Cole will be Garrett Cole and Frankie Montas will figure out how he's going to pitch in the playoffs. And if you're a Yankees fan, you're sitting pretty right now. You're all right. Everything will be fine. Go to the text line, 590-590 is a text line. Mercer from Kamloops, B.C. Shout out to Kamloops. Jays are in a good spot coming down the stretch. Can they manage the injuries in the last couple of months to do enough is a question mark for me. It's a question mark for everybody, Mercer. Who else can they bring up to close the gaps in the pitching? I will say this. We are led to believe that, and I'm not, you know, don't get your hopes up for Nate Pearson, but there seems to be some indication that we'll have a clear understanding of what Nate Pearson's up to in another week to two weeks or so. So maybe he's a guy that comes up in September and pitches out of the bullpen. Uh, quite frankly, as I've, the approach I've taken with Nate Pearson all along is the same approach Kevin's taken. You know, get back to me when you're up here. Uh, and he, uh, Mercer says, I agree with Barker that Bichette had a decent series, but how many times does he get down 0-2? Seems all too often. Just wonder what kind of success he could have laying off some of those early pitches. He seems to be swinging out recklessly. And Kevin, you know, we've talked to Dante Bichette about that. This is this is the thing with Bo. Bo's default position is to be aggressive, right? Bo's default position is if it ain't working at 100, I'm going to go to 110. It's not going to be if it isn't working at 100, I'm going to gear it down a bit. That's just not the way he's wired. I just thought, well, maybe he needs to make an adjustment and figure it out a little bit more. You know, you, you know. again, I bring back that at bat in the first inning, how effortless it looked. Like, it was just, he got it down. He wasn't thinking about a ton. It was an 0-1 count. So what? I fall behind. I got a pitch right down the middle because I had a nice little approach. I was thinking right center. My hand stayed inside the ball. I had a good finish. It was like I always talk about you. Don't look at how they start. Look at how they finish. He can get to his finish because it was balanced. It was on time. And, oh, by the way, he got a really good pitch to hit hard. Mm. If you're thinking about anything and you're riding on the plane and you're thinking to yourself, man, if I could just take, you know, a couple of bats like I took in that first inning in a game and then all of a sudden that carries over to another game and then that carries over to another game and all of a sudden I start looking like the cleanup hitter that the Blue Jays organization wants me to be. So for me, you know, you talked about the pitching and that and that uh, that text that was sent in. For me, it's about one guy, Jose Barrios. They got to figure out that. Forget about the, the all the guys in the minor leagues and Nate Pearson. Who, what? It's, for me, Jose Barrios. Until they figure out what's going on with that, that up and down looks non-competitive, looks like he don't know how to self-correct on the mound. You know, if he doesn't have the arm side, if he doesn't have the curveball, it looks sort of like it looked. I want to talk to you about that at-bat in the sixth inning, Kevin. I'm sure you've been in that situation. 
Teoscar Hernandez is at the plate. Emilio Pagan hurts himself. 2-2 count. New pitcher comes in, comes in, given all the time he needs to warm up. First pitch double. Talk to me about a hitter's thought process. At yeah, the it's special. It's special. You know, what you're thinking of whenever a guy comes in for a pitcher that just got hurt, that pitcher's thinking that's coming in, it's not my hitter. If I punch him out, it's my stat. If I give up a hit, it's his stat. What are you going to do? You're going to spin it. For Teoscar to go up and look for something spinning, just look for it up. Look, Make sure it's a strike because it's two strikes against him. Have a nice little simple approach that he's had for the last couple of weeks. That's because he's on a roll. He stayed through that baseball. He kept it fair. That's special. I yeah I've went through that before but it never worked out the way it worked worked out for Teoscar where it looked like it was Owo because he's in a special place right mm-hmm. mentally he's in a special place is and that, that what you do do you think Owo if you're a hitter no question when especially a guy coming in guy coming in you're thinking he's thinking about punching me out he don't care if I get, if I get a hit because it's not his stat it's the other guy's stat so. What's he thinking? And I'm thinking, I'm looking spin, I'm looking up, I'm looking for a strike because it's two strikes. I'm trying to put a decent swing on it. Good for Teoscar, man. He's rolling. That's why you put him in the cleanup spot. That's why you're you're doing little things like that to keep him hot. And when he's having a good mindset and he's got the, you know, he's a good hitter, Jeff, when the upper half is not following the lower half you know he's got the little turn and when he's struggling and the upper half is following the little turn with the lower half and that all of a sudden eliminates both eyes on the baseball and he has a little upper half turning with the lower half and then he's out and around he's rolling over things he's swinging missing i like this to oscar so there you go the jays beating the minnesota twins three two They split the series with Minnesota. Minnesota, however, has won the season series, which could turn out to be a factor depending on what happens in the playoff race and in the wild card race. The Jays now go on to play the Baltimore Orioles for three games at uh, Camden Yards. The resurgent Baltimore Orioles, the first three games of 15 against that team. And uh, we may have thought about two and a half months ago or two months ago that the Orioles were going to be a soft touch, but um, they're not playing like a team that is a soft touch right now. As a matter of fact, they have played themselves right back, right back into the wild card race. So you know that they'll be loaded for bear in this particular series because this could, uh, well, this could, this could keep the hope alive a little bit in Baltimore. That's it for us today. Blair and Barker tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fan at 360. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans. 